And um, yeah, so this morning um, we're going to talk on uh, a topic that's pretty challenging. And if you if you've been here for a few years, you'll you'll recognise um, a lot of this message you've heard before. And there's a good reason because I have preached it before a couple of years ago. Most most of the content, and you think, now why am I why am I do I have to do this again? It's not because I couldn't be bothered trying to work out something else. But ever since that time, ever since that time that I spoke about this, I, it hasn't left my heart. I just can't get rid of it. I just knew that I had, I had to do it again. And so here we are. And, that, and that's why, that's why I'm, I'm sp- we're going to speak about this again. And if, if, you t- if you get this in your hearts today, if you take this into your life today, you will see change in your life. You will build greater strength into your life. You will build greater resilience. You will, you will see your life changed and, and, and you will see yourself getting stronger and more able to do what God's called you to do. It's just a fact. So I, just, I really just pray and hope that somebody here today gets a hold of this and, and runs with it. Just somebody, anybody, if one person gets a hold of it today, then, then that's going to be a, a great thing. So in, in Matthew, the fruit of prayer, in Matthew 24, 10 to 13, this is what Jesus said. He said, he's going on about the end times, and he said, at that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other, And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. They're pretty heavy words. They're they're challenging words. That's a challenging thing that Jesus is talking about here. And who would... I don't think anyone would disagree that over the past 40, 50 years that uh, wickedness, evil thing has increased in the world around us. You, you, you would have to agree with that. That 50, 60 years ago, things that now are okay and accepted and even praised in society were things back then that just weren't right to do. It just wasn't something you, you got involved in. It was a bad thing to do. But now, over the years, just slowly, more and more, you're starting to see things come into our society where things are accepted when before they weren't accepted. And, and good is becoming evil, and evil is becoming good. And now, if, you stand, if you're a person that believes in God and stands for God in this day now, then, then you're considered evil. You're considered a bad person. When you're trying to bless the people around you and do good, you're considered a bad person. And you see, this, this, Jesus says here that that increase of, of, of sin, I suppose, can cause the love in us to grow cold. So as it, as it starts to ramp up around us, there can be a tendency where we, where we just say, well, it's just, it's just me now. It's just, I'm looking after number one. I'm not putting my neck out. I'm just, I'm just put, making camp. I'll get my life good and right. Um, for me, I'll be happy. I'll be fine. 
Um, just bad luck to everybody out there. That, that's what Jesus is saying. The, our love can grow cold because of what's happening around us. And, and he also says that people can fall away from the faith during this time. And we're going we're to look at the, those two things today, just those two things, uh, being strong in your faith and continuing to love, continuing to have the strength to love people in this time, in, in what, we're, what is, is happening in the world around us. And in Matthew 26, 36 to 46, this is um, when Jesus goes to Gethsemane after he's been, they've had the Last Supper, Judas has betrayed him and gone out and they've left to go to, to Gethsemane, Jesus and his disciples. So then G Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane and he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little f farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak he went away a second time and prayed my father if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless i drink it may your will be done when he came back he found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy so he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time saying the same thing then he returned to his disciples and said to them are you still sleeping and resting Look, the hour has come. The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. So there's this time span. As I said, they were sitting in the upper room and they were having the, the meal. Jesus and his disciples, they were breaking bread, drinking the wine. And Jesus was explaining to them what was about to happen. And then after this point... They go to Gethsemane, and there's this, there's this time span between the, the actual, when, when it's in Judas's heart to betray Jesus, and when this event actually happens. There's this gap of time. I don't know how long it is, but there's this span of time that, that they've got, right? In, in, a, in a sense, they've got this span of time to prepare for this event. And you'll see that Jesus immediately starts praying into this event. He, he can see what's happening. He immediately gets into prayer because he knows he's got this, this time, this preparation time, and he has to pray. He knows he's, he's not going to be able to do this on his own. He has to pray. He has to ask the Holy Spirit for help. And so he gets on his knees and he starts praying and seeking his Father during this time of preparation. And then you see the disciples are asleep during this time. There's this key time of preparation and the disciples use it uh, unwisely. They, 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 they sleep. They, they, don't, they don't get into prayer. They don't recognize what's about to happen. And then the point comes when Jesus says, rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. So this point comes and Jesus is ready. 
He's ready. He submitted his, his will to the Father's will. He's ready to go through with this. He, he's sought God. He's, he's sought the Holy Spirit. And he's prepared. He's ready for this event. And the disciples, on the other hand, are just waking up. They're like, whoa, what's happening? And they're unprepared. They've used that preparation time unwisely. And so they've come to this crux point in life and they're not ready for it. And, you know, there was, when Jesus walked on the earth, there was times when he was accepted and loved by, by loads and loads of people. The crowds loved him. And there were other times when they, they didn't like him. <laughs> they wanted to chuck him off the cliff. They, they hated him. And, and this, is the, this is one of those points when the crowd has turned on Jesus. And, you know, as, as we were saying, in this day and age, there's, you know, when I remember when I first became a Christian, Christianity was, was fairly, still fairly well respected. It was still held in some sort of honour. It was still, um, you know, it was still thought, you were still thought of a good person if you were a Christian to, to an extent. But now... It, it, it's eroded away. That, that's, that, and so this, we can see that where it's eroded away to the point where Christianity now is basically just, it's, it's just tolerated, basically. We're just being tolerated as a people. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if behind the scenes, well, it's not even behind the scenes, really. It's out in the open. They're, they're starting to take Jesus out of, Certain schools, they're taking him out of governments. They're taking him out of decision-making process. Uh, we don't want to hear about Jesus and his word anymore. We want to get rid of him. So, so they're getting to this point again where they want to get rid of Jesus out of society. We don't, don't want Jesus in our world anymore. And, and, so they've, and so it wouldn't surprise me if even now, in, out in the world, there's, there's, a, there's people behind the scenes... You see, when in this gap of time, from when G Judas left the room to when uh, he comes back with the crowd, Judas has gone off and he's, and he's getting a crowd together. He's getting get people together to come and to, um, to get rid of Jesus, basically. And it wouldn't surprise me even right now if there's people behind the scenes doing the same thing. And, and we, we're not aware of it, but... They're plotting behind the scenes how we're going to get rid of the church, how we're going to get rid of these Christian people because they're getting in the way of, of what we want, want to do. And I know this is pretty, um, pretty sort of full-on um, message, but it's true. It's what's, it's what's happening in the world today. And, and we have to be aware of it and, and um, be ready for it. And, you know, we know that God sustains his church and, you can't get rid of the church. It's impossible. He, he, God always keeps a remnant. We know that. And, and we know that, you know, it says, greater is he in me than he that's in the world. That, that is the truth of God, that greater is he in us than he that's in the world. But even in that, there has to be, you have to have, you have to engage in God for that to be true. I mean, that's true anyway, but you have to live your life in a way that the greater one in you it comes out and, and overcomes things. It doesn't just happen with us without, without us engaging, as we saw with the disciples. And so we're, we're in a time now, we're in a, a time where it, it, 
we're, it, we're in danger of dropping out of our faith, of, of walking away, and, and, and for our love to grow cold. And I don't know about you, but I, if people fall, fall away and walk away from church and whatever, because whatever reason happens, it, it's horrible. I don't, I don't like seeing that. I don't like seeing anyone disengaging from God's call on their life and, and, and walking away from that. that that's, that's not, not good at all. That's, it's a horrible thing, and we want to avoid that. And so, in another, um, in, in another account of, of these events, it says, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. So there's times like... Prayer life is a, your prayer life is a powerful thing. It's a very powerful thing. It, it, it can strengthen you. And it shouldn't be a dull, boring uh, duty that you have to do. Your prayer time, there should, you should be coming out of that prayer time strengthened. You should be coming out of that, oh, gee, you shouldn't be coming out, oh, I'm glad that's over. That was, a, that was a tough five minutes or whatever. You, you, no, seriously, you should be coming out thinking, wow, I'm, I'm feeling energized. I'm feeling ready. I was, I was going to go a certain way, but now I'm, I'm following God's plan. I'm, I'm more set on his focus and what he wants me to do. And so it shouldn't be, it should be something that strengthens you, that, that makes your eyes open wide and, and ready for what he's called you to do. And it says here that an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. Now, I haven't seen any angels yet, but, and you don't have to see an angel, but the Holy Spirit comes and strengthens you. And, 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 and you know, that he, he empowers you to do what God's called you to do. And he gives you strength to continue, to, to, to have a resilience in what you do, so that when you take on uh, something of what he's called you to do, you can continue in it. You don't, you don't start to slow and, and fall away from that call and that purpose. You can continue on in it. And, yeah, I like using my hands. I think I've got a bit of an Italian in me. <laughs> because, because in prayer, you engage with a very powerful God, a God who strengthens you and sustains you and enables you to overcome increasing weakness in the world and be strong in your faith and take up your cross and give your life in love to a broken world. Who knows that the world doesn't need us just to argue with them and throw stones at them. It's a broken world. They need us to love them. That we need to love them in this situation. They don't need all the other stuff. And where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. It, it just gets larger to cover that. 
And so your prayer life can strengthen you to keep your faith and bear the fruit of, of, of love. And this, you, you'd see, you see also in this, pre, this time of prayer, it was hard for Jesus. It was very hard. He was in anguish. His sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. So there are times when prayer, your prayer time is hard. It's like you're in anguish. It's like you're, you're dripping drops of blood, like in, in Jesus did in a way. But that, that's not all the time. But some of the time it's like that. Other times it's like, heaven opens to you and it's like you can hear the angels singing around you in chorus you know <laughs> it's, you know it's so you know but there has to you have to be ready for those those times when you are in and it says that the disciples were sleepy because of grief so they were grieving there was a there was a trouble in their life and there's going to be times when you're troubling troubled and grieving and you have to going to have to just push push through that i suppose and and keep seeking the face of God for the strength that you need. Um, and so there's a great need to pray for Australia at this time. I love this. I love Australia. I love this country. I, I reckon it's an awesome country. And I want to see it going great. I don't want to see it going down the, down the toilet in a sense. I, I, wanna, I want us to be a blessed country. And righteous, it says righteousness exalts a nation. So we want to be seeking after God. And, you know, and when we come to pray in, for the men's prayer meeting, we're always praying for our government. We're praying for our nation. We're praying for nations of the world too. But that's one of the things that we, we regularly focus on, to pray for our government, pray for our leaders, that this country will be blessed. And you know, even at this time, it's, we're still in a fairly comfortable place in Christianity in Australia. We're not... We're not getting persecuted directly and uh, outrightly at this stage. We're still in a fairly comfortable place. And you could, it's almost a parallel to the up, upper room. It was a comfortable place. They were in a safe environment. The wall, four walls around them. Jesus was feeding them bread. It was a comfortable place. Um, but then they come out into the world and, the, and they're faced with this situation. Uh, in Gethsemane and it, and, it, and it all comes to a crux at that point and so when it is a bit comfortable you, your faith can become casual in that in that environment but we don't want a casual approach to Christianity often doesn't work it, it you need to be um, engaged in your faith and, and and say this is this is what this is what I want this is my life um, because if it's just a side thing, just uh, I'll just go to church when I want, and that's about it. If it's just a casual side thing, you, you're in, you're in, you're putting yourself in a vulnerable position. And so, are you going to be one who stands with Jesus, uh, or one that runs away when when it gets when it gets dark, when it gets difficult? Um, we have those seasons in our life, but um, and and you can say, you know, well, I'll stand for Jesus. Of course, I will. I'll definitely stand for Jesus. I'll, I love him, and and you you genuinely sincere, and that's a good thing. You, you actually love Jesus. You you believe that you 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 stand with him. You you go through anything with him. 
But you know, Peter was felt exactly the same way. He, he loved Jesus and he thought, I'll, I'll surely go through with, with whatever I have to do. So he, he had in his mind that he would do it. That whatever was needed of him, he would do it. But you see, Jesus said, Peter, you're going to deny me this very night three times. So Jesus could see something that Peter couldn't see. He, I, know, I know that in the, it was in the Psalms that the, everyone would fall away and all that. It was, it was already foretold. But Jesus could see something in Peter and the disciples that they couldn't see themselves. He could see that, yes, you're following me, but you haven't built in that... that first, firstly, you haven't been baptised in the Holy Spirit. Secondly, you haven't built in that prayer, um, that habitual prayer life that's strengthening you and will enable you to get through this. That's what Jesus saw. He could see it. He didn't need a prophetic word. It was just, Peter, I can see I know your life. I know your life habits. I know your lifestyle. You, you, you're not going to make it through this. And so... The only, you know, we, we can have that declaration and, and be passionate and be sincere. But it's, the way to gauge it is not, the way to know and the way to gauge it is not how sincere or how much you love Jesus, even though they're wonderful things. It's how's my prayer life? How's, how's my prayer life? It, it's, it's a very objective thing to look at. You think, how is my prayer life going? Is it, is it strong? Am I getting strengthened when I pray? Am I getting built up when I pray? Then, then you can have some sort of... You never want to think you're, you're strong and standing firm in that, but you can have a bit more sense that, hey, if something goes down, I might be able to walk through this. And so it says in Matthew... This is after he says, here comes my betrayer. It goes on. And he says, then he returned to the disciples. This is the last verse. Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hours come. The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With, a, with him was a large crowd, armed with swords and clubs, sent from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. Going at once to Jesus, Jesus, Judas said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus replied, Do what you came for, friend. Then the men stepped forward, seized Jesus, and arrested him. Isn't that, isn't that interesting that sometimes people that pretend to be your friend have ulterior motives to, to bring about your downfall? Um, that's got nothing to do with what we're talking about, but it's interesting. When Jesus... When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them, Peter, struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father and heal at once, put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way? In that hour, Jesus said to the crowd, Am I leading a rebellion that you've come out with swords and clubs to catch me? Every day I sat in the temple courts teaching, and you did not arrest me. But this has all taken place, that the writings of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. So based on your own 
emotions and willpower and passion, you can't have a certainty that what, of what you would do when, when it gets tough for Jesus. You, just, you can't have a certainty based on those, on those things. As I said, there's only one way to have a degree of certainty. How's your prayer life? Are you being strengthened by God daily? Is He giving you the power to stand for Him and to love people? Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And are you being filled with the Holy Spirit? It's a very practical and objective assessment. So if you don't develop a prayer life now, see, that you've, we've got a season, really, in, in Australia and We've got a season and a time where you can build this into your life now. You've got, we're still in that time between Judas going off and, and, and the garden. We're still in that gap of time. And so we have time to prepare right now for, for this. And, and, I, and I hope that we do. I pray that, that we do take this on board. Um, and so <clears throat> he says this very night you'll fall away <clears throat> does he see the same thing in us I, ho I hope not I hope he doesn't see that in us see that that um, that same thing in us and you could you could even be in a ministry position but not have this um, built into your life and you know, the disciples were in ministry positions in a sense. They were Jesus, they were doing the works of God with Jesus. He was appointing them, they were doing this and that and the other. They were in ministry, but they hadn't, this part of their life, this, this prayer part of their life wasn't developed in their life. And so if you're in ministry today, here, even the people coming in as we prayed for this morning, think, I, I want to build this into my life. I want to build this into my life. And you'll you'll have a resilience and a strength to continue in what you, God has called you to do. And so this, so Jesus, when they go off to pray, it wasn't just, it wasn't just a desperate, desperate thing for Jesus. It wasn't just, oh no, something bad is going to happen. I better, quick, I've got to run, I've got to run and pray. Um, oh no, and he panic and quick, pray, pray, pray. This event's going to happen. It says, as, as usual, they went out to the garden. And as usual, it was normal. It was, Jesus already did this. It, it was, he always went out there. It says that he always went to lonely places and prayed. Always, that was his habit. So in, in Jesus' era, when they looked at Jesus, they would say, he's a man of prayer. That, that guy's a man of prayer. He's always going off and praying, night, morning. He's always wandering off. The crowds want him, but he'll just wander off and pray to the Father. And so, I don't know about you, but I want that people to say that in my life. Say, he's a man of prayer. That's a woman of prayer. That, that, they, that people can see that, hey, that, that's who you are. That's part of your character. That's part of what you do. And he had a very habitual prayer life. A very habitual thing. He'd do it all the time and regularly. And so, this man of prayer, the fruit of prayer is clearly seen when the chips are down. The fruit of 
of prayer, you could also say the fruit of the Holy Spirit, really, but the fruit of prayer always comes out when the chips are down. And I don't know about you, but when things are going all right in my life, I'm pretty kind, patient, gentle, loving. You know, all that sort of stuff. But then when something hits you, suddenly the, the fruit that you've sort of just put in the cupboard that's a bit rotten in the, in the pantry there comes out. You think, where did that come from? And, and so the, the chips are down and suddenly the disciples, this fruit's coming out of the disciples, which isn't all that pleasant, but out of Jesus comes this sweet, sweet, delectable fruit of the Spirit. Something that's so tasty that you just, it's incredible how he responds. He was about to be horrifically murdered in the most shameful way possible. It was, he was stripped of his clothes, beaten. He was about to go through that. If, talk about the chips are down. Talk about having your back against the wall. This is the ultimate. He, he's, he's, he's in that place. And, you know, we, we can think, oh, my car's broken down. Well, yeah, that, that is, yeah, we're not downplaying any sort of thing that happens to us, but, you know, imagine if you're about to get taken off to be murdered on, on a cross. And so when Jesus is attacked, he responds in love. He responds with the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So the fruit of the Spirit, it's a, it's a whole package. Like, it, the fruit of the Spirit, it's of the Spirit, so it's all one package. You get all of it. You get the whole lot all at once. You don't just get the apple or the banana. You get the, the whole fruit bowl, the whole, the whole fruit salad you get. And... And so, you know, you can think, well, because if you think about it, if you're struggling with patience, you can be sure that you're struggling with love, you'll be, you'll be struggling with all of them. You, you are. If you think about it, if you look at your life and think, oh, no, I'm just, I'm just impatient. I'm just struggling with that one there. I've got all the rest. I've got the, the apple, the banana, the, the peach, the orange, the, you know, I've got the mandarin, I've got all the rest. It's just that... Just that um, that uh, passion fruit, that's the one that I'm lacking. But no, you'll find that all of them are, are, um, are lacking. Because the, the Holy Spirit isn't broken up into these different things. He is the Holy Spirit. And, and he gives all, all of these all at once to us. And so you're, you're either walking in that or partially, you'll partially have all of these or not at all. And so this is Je so Jesus, he gives up his life for the salvation of the world. That's love. Joy, it says, you can think, oh, as if Jesus was joyful. He's about to be horrifically strung up on a cross, as if he could be joyful at that moment. I believe he had a joy deep down inside that surpassed human understanding. Because the Bible says that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. So he thought, he had this joy, like, even though I'm about to suffer massively, 
this is going to save countless souls. This is going to save so many people that God loves, that I love. And so there would have been a, a joy in there, even in, deep down. And he's at peace. He's at peace with the situation. He's patient with the disciples and those who come to capture him. Patience, kindness. He heals the servant's ear that Peter cut off. He's still kind to, in this moment. He's good. He could have called angels to come down. He says he could have called legions of angels and just destroyed everyone and taken him out of that situation, but he doesn't. He's good. He's faithful. He was faithful to the call of God for his life, faithful to the disciples and faithful to us. He was self-controlled. He wasn't in a rage. He didn't have uncontrolled emotions. He was in control of that situation. He was totally in control of that situation. He knew what was happening. And he, actually, he was laying down his life of his own accord. They were coming to capture him, but he let them have his life. He laid it down of his own accord. And contrast that with Peter, who responds with hatred, with fear, with anger, with impatience, with harshness, with badness, with faithlessness, and with a lack of self-control. So there's a direct contrast there between Jesus and the disciples. And the, we can't manufacture the fruit of the Spirit. No, nobody would dare to claim that they can manufacture that fruit on their own. You, you can't do it. it you, you cannot. You can try, but you, will, you, will not, you won't be able to manufacture it. And the fruit, the fruit of the Spirit is of the Spirit and born in us of God. It's something that God, only God can grow and culture and develop in our lives. And so there's this contrast of Jesus' reaction at this time and Peter and the disciples' reaction. And they were starkly different. And the only, different, the only reason why they were starkly different was because Peter and the disciples slept in that time of preparation. They hadn't been baptized in the Holy Spirit. They weren't filled with the, strengthened with the Holy Spirit. Jesus was. And, and he came out of it with this sort of a response, this sort of a reaction to those who were coming to attack him, coming to do bad to him, to do evil to him. And so we'll have, when people come to do that to us, come to attack us or our faith or what we believe in and that sort of thing, how are we going to react? Are we going to react like Peter did in anger, impatience, fear, badness, faithfulness, lack of self-control? Are we going to respond as Jesus did with the fruit of the Spirit to, to people? And I, and I pray and, and I know that God wants us to respond with the fruit of the Spirit to a world that needs it. That they, they need us to react in a way that totally shocks them. That totally, it says that when they came uh, and they said, where, where is he? And he said, I am he. They all fell down. Like the power of Jesus' word. And you know what? It would have been shock too. It's like, we're going to have to capture this guy. You know, he's going to run from us. We've got our swords, our clubs. The disciples are going to fight like tooth and nail. But we'll get him eventually. And then they come and he goes, here I am. I'm ready. <laughs> and, and this incredible thing that shocked them. It's like, who is this man? We're about to take him off to kill him. And he's like, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. And he reacts in this incredible way. So 
if the music team could come up this morning. So, you know, Jesus is calling us once again to, to pray, to develop a reliance on God and the Holy Spirit, to, to be strengthened in it and sustained in it. See, when they go to the garden, Jesus goes away the first time. And as he's leaving, he says, stay and watch with me. And then he comes back and the disciples are asleep. And he wakes them up and says, couldn't you men keep watching me for one hour? And he goes away again. And then he comes back the second time. And the disciples are asleep again. And you know what? This time, Jesus doesn't wake them up. He doesn't say anything to them. And you know what? This morning, where, where are you in that picture? Where, where are you? Is, this, is, is what you're hearing this morning stirring something in you to pray? Can you hear Jesus' voice calling you, saying, would you come and watch with me? Would you come and pray with me? Can you hear that? Is it stirring you this morning? Is the Holy Spirit touching your heart? Is he, is, are you getting something out of this? Are you like, yes, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to build into my life. Or, or are you not hearing anything? Are you like, another boring sermon about prayer. Go home and, and, and cook dinner later. You know what? You should be a little bit concerned about that. Because the last time Jesus didn't say anything, he let them sleep. He let them sleep on. So if you can't, if he's not stirring you right now to start to get build prayer into your life, then you've got to think, why not? And, and you've got to ask him to stir that in you again. You've got to say, hey, why am I so careless about this? Why don't I, doesn't this bother me? Why isn't this? Why? You've got to ask that question in your life. And so he's, 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 he's saying this morning, come and pray with me. Stay and watch with me. It's a dark time. You don't know what's to come. Be strengthened by God. Be enabled to love people and hold strong in your faith. So why don't we stand this morning? I mean, you... It says that God is more than willing to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. It says that the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. He's ready and willing to give the Holy Spirit to anyone that asks. He's ready to give it to you. He's ready to strengthen you. He wants to. All you have to do, all you have to do is put yourself in that position. Just put yourself in that position and He'll do it. He'll do the work. Just put yourself there and He'll strengthen you. He'll send angels to strengthen you. He'll strengthen you by His Spirit and enable you to have a strength to take on what, what comes in life, a strength to continue in what He's called you to do and not fall away and not lose, lose track of that. And you know what else it says? In, um, it says that Jesus provides for those who grieve in Zion. He provides for those in grieving Zion. The disciples are in a place of sorrow, despair. But you know what? If they had gotten their knees before God, God would provide for them and strengthen them. 
and restore their, restore their hope in life, restore their future, restore what he wants to restore in them and give them strength and a hope for the future. And so this morning, what we're going to do is something a bit different. We're going to ask any, any young person uh, in church today, any young person, say 20, around 21 or less, if you want to build this into your life, if you want to, if you want to build in this prayer life, and it's an exciting prayer life, it's a strengthening prayer life. It's an empowering prayer life. It's not a dull, boring prayer life. It's just not. If you want to build this into your life and you want to be strengthened by God to take on what He's called you to do and walk in that, then you're welcome to come forward this morning. Even if only one person comes, it doesn't matter. But I do pray that if you want that, we're with the ministry team, whoever's up here, we're going to pray with you. We're going to believe that God's going to strengthen you and give you the ability to, to do what he's called you to do. And it's going to bring joy into your life. It's going to bring great fruit out of your life. So if that's you this morning, if you're a young person and want, want us to pray with you that the strength of God would come upon and into your life this morning, why don't, as we sing, why don't you come forward and we'll pray with you this morning.